Mech Football Pod. Hey, everybody's here. The whole family's here. Caleb? Underdog, underdog. Yeah, that's me. Justin? Big fella. And I'm Alex. Fellas, how are you? Feeling great. I had a bunch of football beers and some pizza. I'm pretty good. Define a bunch of football beers. Mm, Probably about a couple PBRs, a couple Miller High Lifes, a couple Jack and Cokes, and uh, watching the Bengals lose. uh, That that gave me another three or four beers. So pretty good. Pretty toasty. I'm happy for you. Those are football beers for sure. It's week one, and you're already bitching about the Steelers over the Bengals. Like, that's – you're already in midseason form. So, uh, Coach, I'm glad that you didn't, like, waste your offseason by not preparing for this moment. And you should turned the ball over five times, Alex. Yes. he Listen to this man. What are they, Akron? <laughs> Got him. I don't think I'll ever play that again. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever do that. No, that that seemed like the right time to roll that out. That did it. That I'll never hit that button again. I'm changing that shit. That sucked. Yeah, that was super corny. I think I'm just gonna stick to uh, stick to the Mac stuff. Uh, it, it's it startled me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, makes sense for you, but whatever. Week two happened. Week three will eventually happen. We're not going to do all the recaps and all the previews, but we will. Uh, good, good, good oogly boogly, man. We will have some reactions to this stupid weekend of nothing good. Nothing good happened. Name a good thing that happened. Can anybody name a good thing that happened this weekend? Justin, I know you're a Western grad, but like nobody cares. Nobody cares that you beat Ball State. As far as I'm concerned, you're you're both like, you know, you're both fifth and sixth place in the West now. Fair. Uh, But the encouraging thing, it's always good when you play like shit and win. Remember that. And that's what Western did on Saturday. Played like shit and won. No other notes. Apparently. Were there any good things that happened this weekend? I'm, I'm struggling to find like any... Single good thing. Let's run down the list of scores right now. Toledo here. did what it was supposed to do. UMass, dude. Come rolling on. Rolling UMass, right? They were supposed to roll UMass. They did it. They did it. Exactly, Justin. They did what they were supposed to do. It wasn't competitive. It wasn't a good game. They rolled. They did what they were supposed to do. You hear that, everybody? Caleb's drunk as hell right now. He's over here crying about the Bengals. He's so mad. He's just like, you know what? You know what's going to make me happy? Good job, Toledo. That's going to lift my spirits right now. That's what I need to say. Good job, That's Toledo. Pretty, That's yeah. what Caleb's pretty doing right accurate. now. I said good things about Toledo without any caveats. We're not even two, like five minutes into this thing. We're past two minutes. I was going to say two, but I was like, oh, shit, we're at three minutes. Fuck. That's, that's, um, that's a lie. I I think they were on the losing side, but Ball State, um, like I think they're going to be able to score some points on some people. Agreed. Um, they – like, look, they got – absolutely pummeled at Tennessee. Like they weren't ready to play that game. No, that a new was quarterback. a good game for them. And one of the things I think we talked last week, like going into that game is like, it's one of those where if you're the opposition, you don't, you didn't really learn anything about them because the game was basically over immediately. Um, so the question was like, well, 
what was going to happen. I thought Ball State had an awesome game plan against Western. They controlled the majority of the game. They gave up 16 unanswered in the fourth. Um, and that was just because WMU had better players. And, like, they forced them to have to be perfect in the fourth quarter. And I don't think I expected that um, from that team. Like, there's a lot of newcomers. There's a lot of question marks. And I think, like, Ball State's not going to be a team that everybody rolls over. So that, I think, is encouraging. It's a bummer for them well, that they lost, but... It is encouraging that both teams scored throughout each quarter. So that... yeah. It, it is nice to see that rather than, like, somebody hiccuped at any point and, you know, it's kind of spiraling. Um, yeah. What I will say about Justin's analysis of Mac football in general, uh, I think it's it's very on point for Ball State here, is that I think Justin has a very good grasp of how teams are feeling, how much they're performing to their expectations and what they're capable of. And I think he's exactly right about – Ball State essentially, you know, they they showed some things that showed that they were capable of winning some games, and they were better than Western for a good portion of the game, and Western just had better players. And I think that's exactly right. I think Western, like Toledo, as a good a, a good a good uh, a concurrent example, just has better players on the roster, and Western won because they had those players. But Ball State isn't a good position in terms of what they're asking of their guys. So Western could still win. I, I, I remember I predicted Ball State to win six games in the conference, five or six games in the conference. And I think they are still on a pace. They could win four or five games. But Western did what I didn't expect them to do, was just actually perform to the capability of talent they had. And so good for them. Yeah, at least at the end, for sure. They got the big touchdown from Sean Tyler, yeah, which is just part of the Sean Tyler experience. Like, he's going to lose yardage. He's going to kind of hit holes a little slow. Um, yeah. But if you just wait him out, you get him his touches, he's going to he's gonna break the big one uh, because eventually the teams are going to wear down. Um, yeah, and Ladarius Jefferson actually performed better than I remembered. Like, we uh, Alex and I talked about uh, Tyler, and we're just, we, we kind of just skipped over Jefferson. And it was like, dude, he's a super good complimentary back. He's very and, good. And you would com- you would say, oh, he's a complimentary back. He was the feature back. I mean, he did. He you might call Tyler the the feature back. Jefferson had more carries, right? He had like 18, 19 carries, and you were you were trusting in him in, yeah. in a big mat in a in a meaningful game that made a difference. And he so, had the majority of carries actually for the game, seventeen to Sean Tyler's fifteen. <laughs> so like. Yeah, uh, a, a nice cautionary tale at using like average yards per carry as a stat. It's like Sean Tyler was 15 carries, 108 yards, 7.2 average, which is like, wow, he, he had a great game and he had a really good game. But his uh, one of those rushes was 60 yards. So before that, he was 14 carries uh, for 48 yards, um, was not having a, a great day. Um, but he broke it. And that's just that's what they do. Um, I, I will say. uh but two things about this game that on the positive side, um, on offensive side for both teams. First, uh, Ball State's receiving course pretty good. <laughs> like, oh, they, they beat are. up they beat up on WMU's secondary, which I think one hundred percent. And WMU's secondary, like to be fair to Dorian Jackson, can I lovely and all them? Um, they catch a lot of shit for not making a lot of plays. But Western Michigan's defense puts corners in single coverage for basically the entirety of the game. They do not get help. 
And so they're going to look really bad on a lot of cases. And, you know, I question the strategy of single covering uh, Abdurrahman, Jason Jackson, and Johannes Tyler. But, hey, they two got those, out with the win. Those guys had, like, college experience before they got to Ball State, too. Yep. They, yeah. And Abdul Rahman did look good. He did look good. He did. He was very good. And um, on the Western Michigan side, they had huge questions at wide receiver. Jelani Gallo is good. He's open. Like, he's a Boston College transfer. He's a fifth-year senior. Uh, just four catches for 43 yards, but 10.8-yard average. Caught a 20-yard pass. Uh, he was really good against Michigan State the week before, too. I think uh, as a nice number two to Corey Crooms, like, they got their guy. And so I think that was a a positive development, um, you know, in a week with, with very few, <laughs> he's been open. Like that's the best thing I can say about him is like, he, he's pretty much open. Uh, Jack Salopec did not play well Saturday. Um, and he missed a lot of open guys. So he was even more open than the box score shows. Uh, where do we want to go from here? I don't know if we want to hit on all of these games. I think the biggest game of the weekend, uh, that we were kind of looking forward to, um, was that South Alabama Central Michigan game because you know Central Michigan the the high hopes that Central Michigan could actually be the Mac West favorite in all of this uh, Revenge of Carter Bradley Revenge of Carter Bradley <laughs> kicked ass made Central look bad early like it was twenty to seven through the first quarter yeah uh, it was thirty one to ten at halftime. That's an insurmountable lead, apparently. That result shocked me. I know that South Alabama was a pretty trendy pick. And uh, I guess not everything that's trendy is bad, kids. Uh, but I just thought CMU had too much offense. Um, yeah. But And I, I guess their defense is worse than I expected. I knew that they were replacing a lot of guys. But I just think from track record, uh, from the McElwain side, I thought that they would be okay. Uh, and they just they aren't. The track and, record was that they could replace a guy or two at a time. They had to replace a lot. Uh, a lot of guys. To, like, and on the coaching week. side, you expect them to have a coaching advantage. But this is consecutive games where they got pummeled early. Alex? Had to claw back. Alex, do you want your roses? Uh, sure. I'll take them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alex gets his roses because he kept saying the CMU defense has to replace too much to feel really good at where they're at. And I'm, not, I'm I'm a little bit putting words in his mouth, but I think I'm summing up pretty well. You are. They had very good players they had to replace because of the transfer portal and graduation. And South Alabama, I wouldn't say they're an amazing offensive team for, you know, group of five conference, but Sunbelt has got it going on right now, man. Sunbelt's really they got it going Notre on. Notre Dame, dude. They did, what, they did what Toledo couldn't do last year. So, South Alabama is in a decent position uh, to take on a team like a MAC team, a decent MAC team, and we all feel pretty good about Central. And I think Justin and I were on the same page about where Central could be. And offensively, mm-hmm. in the first half, they didn't have it. And it's the second straight week where Central did not have its shit together in the first half. Second half, they were okay. They kind of had it figured out. Yeah, but it's too late. But, yeah, Richardson, Quentin Richardson's. An, an enigma. He has halves where he looks like he could be the best quarterback in the MAC, and he did not look like that in the first half. In the second half, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he, he got had, outplayed he by Carter Bradley. Time. Yeah, he did. He got outplayed. 
by the six and six, five and seven Toledo quarterback who is now with another team. Yeah, and he was and Carter Bradley to to be very clear was not a good quarterback last year. Yeah, he was very he was bad. Like I, I just don't know any other way to put it. it. Doesn't look like he's that bad anymore, but he was bad. He was. He was. You're correct. Yeah, and like there was no reason to expect that he would just all of a sudden be good. And to kind of give a glimpse of like how bad this defensive performance is from central Michigan from, you know, whatever you think of S and P plus South Alabama is by S and P plus the 104th ranked offense in college football. That's after factoring in the game against central Michigan. So not exactly a, high flying offense that came in there and just lit central up. And so they got to get that figured out or it might be a really long season. <laughs> I think it's like with the, you know, it's kind of sticking with the Carter Bradley thing. Like it's, it's also kind of an indictment on Toledo. Is it not like here he is like you, you guys just said, like he's shown that he can't do it at Toledo. He's shown he can't do it at Toledo at Toledo the coaches knew that they had a better guy on the roster that could get more done. But I also think that's, they had to go to a different style quarterback because the offense that Toledo wanted to run with, you know, the Carter Bradley where that he can like, he was an elite 11 quarterback. Remember that out of high school because he had the arm, he had the arm to move the ball downfield and he had the ability to do it um, athletically better than other quarterbacks we saw in the Mac. It doesn't matter if they were producing or not. Ability wise, Carter Bradley had it, and I always believed in him. But it got to a point where Toledo just could not be the team it wanted to be and had an identity crisis. And that's why it's having success with Daquan Finn because they're like, yeah, if, uh, you know, if the fasting thing doesn't work for whatever reason, just, you know, run it, run all over UMass. We don't care. So I think that's kind of an indictment on Toledo because in these matchups of Toledo Central Michigan, they've only been separated by like a point in recent years. And they've kind of flip-flopped either way. And so now Carter Bradley strolls in, new team, different coach. You know, Kane Womack, what's up, baby? Uh, goes into Central Michigan and does, does what he does. Kicks his ass. Beats the quarterback. Beats the quarterback on the other side at home. Who knows his receivers that has the home field advantage that has been in the system. I don't I don't know. I, to me, yeah. it's, it's also an indictment on Toledo. I, I would... I, I think I kind of agree. I just think Taquan Finn's better. Sure um, he is, but like, and, and, it's also yeah, fair I think to say question, that maybe with better coaching if, and maybe in a better system, Carter Bradley, maybe he didn't have to leave Toledo if things could have been better. It made it work for – I mean, like Logan Woodside played in the same offense. So, I mean, it's not that – it's not like a mobile quarterback thing. But I think – I mean, I, I don't disagree that Carter Bradley always had it. I just didn't find it at Toledo for one reason or another, but I mean, he really didn't have, he really didn't do anything <laughs> of note last year sure. um, to, to warrant, you know, sticking around. Um, and even if he, even if he did have an opportunity, like, you know, to Finn was what Toledo wanted and he's playing really well. So what's, what's frustrating about Toledo with the quarterback situation is Carter Bradley. They basically were at a situation where they were like, all right, Carter, it's your time, man. Time for you to figure it out. And that dude, he did not have it figured out. And <laughs> it's it's both an indictment on him at the time and Candle's coaching staff. Because I think they were not prepared to throw him into the situation. You have a, Alex likes to say, an elite 11 quarterback 
Hey man, he, the receipts are the receipts. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else you want me to do with these things, dude. They're okay. Look, he had the tools. If he was Mister Football of California, I would have said he's Mister Football of California. I don't know. He had the tools. It's the facts, man. He had the tools. Do I want to? Do I want to say it again? He had the tools, <laughs> and he's at a different place, and it might change. It really might. You don't know, yeah. but Ch- right now, right away, he looks more comfortable in South Alabama system. I do think that's an indictment of what Toledo's doing. You know who else looked comfortable uh, switching systems and then playing the same team a year later and then beating them? I'm Kyle Vantrese. Yes, baby. Nice segue, bro. <laughs> Kyle Vantrese lost 28-3 to at Nebraska last year as Buffalo's quarterback. All right. Strolls back into Lincoln this year. All right, let's go around the room. Give me two names who's going to fill that Nebraska job. Caleb. Give me two names that's going to fill that Nebraska job. <laughs> two candidates. Chris Kleeman and Chris Kleeman. Uh, I was going to say Kleeman, and then they're going to call Leipold. Yeah, the better. Leipold. Uh, it's Urban Meyer, though, right? Like, I, I don't want it to be Urban. No, it's Chris Kleeman. <laughs> Kleeman. But is it? Is it Kleeman? I think it's Kleeman. You know what I'm saying. We're, it's Kleeman. Fuck it. I don't care. But it is Urban, though, right? They're going to try, but... No. No. All right. We'll see. Uh, I don't have a second name to get... I kept waiting for, like... I kept waiting for, like, airport stories or something that happened (laughs) to, like, to Frost where it was, like, he he wasn't allowed to get back into his hotel or uh, something like that. I don't know. Like, Frost was the... I, I feel simultaneously that Frost was the right pick for their head coaching job after they got rid of Pelini. He was the right pick. They made the right decision, and it didn't work out. Those things can be concurrently true. And now they got to go figure something else out. And I think yeah. Kleiman Clayman's the right the right answer. Um, I saw people say Urban, and I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Urban's name comes up with everyone. You can just say it, and, Shut the fuck up. Now yeah, I'm the only one saying it. Well, I don't know. Not, Maybe more people are saying it. Who you're knows? not the only one. Like other people said it too. Yeah, but, but everyone just likes to. I because he's like on, a failable. That much. Sure, Clay <laughs> Helton. Sure, yeah, Clay Helton. Clay I mean, Helton. That would that would be <laughs> darkly funny. <laughs> just. Oh God. Yeah, because like five seasons ago, both <laughs> Scott Frost and Clay Helton were at. Clay Helton won the Pac-12, and Scott Frost um, went undefeated with UCF. And then Clay Helton's Georgia Southern team beat Scott Frost's Nebraska team and got him fired. Um, time isn't real. It does not exist. It should be Lance Leipold to Nebraska, and then it should be Mo Linquist to Kansas. <laughs> Just keep that yes. keep that Buffalo to Kansas. Okay, but Linquist has to actually do something for him to end up at a Big 12 school. Yeah. That's a fantastic segue. We're, we're killing it tonight because I don't think – Alex, you mentioned there wasn't much to talk about this week. We can't not talk about what happened in Buffalo. When's – okay. We, we can't not talk about what happened in Buffalo. We can't not talk about what happened in Bowling Green. I'm going to – we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put them right here. Uh, with a quiz, a pop quiz, when's the last time two MAC teams were upset by an FCS school in the same weekend? Or the same day, actually. I'm going to say the same day. But it's, it's uh, 2013. Did it involve Ohio with Duquesne? Uh, 
No. Uh, was it the year Kent State? Kent State lost to Howard, right? 2016, Kent State lost to NCANT in four overtimes. And that was the same day. That Miami, Ohio lost to Eastern Illinois 21 to 17. Nobody oh, remembers God, that. God, that's right. Good Lord. Nobody remembers that. Dude, I went down the list and just like started writing down like all of these upsets that just kind of happened. And man, NIU, <laughs> NIU, oh my God, you love losing in state and keeping the money in state. That is a, that is a wise strategy. Um, lost to Western Illinois in 2016. Let's see, I got to scroll down here for a little bit more. Southern Illinois in 2007. Yeah, I, I I could keep going, but this isn't the first time where two FCS schools beat up on a Mac school. Certainly not the second time either. Um, Jesus Christ, man! Buffalo, what the fuck, dude? Holy Cross! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I swore. God, um, <laughs> not good, man. God Just bless not. it. Holy Cross, God Joseph Jehoma. I think this is like, okay, if there's anything to learn out of this, it's that not every program can just transfer portal their way into a good team. I honestly, like, I know Buffalo hit the transfer portal a lot, and I don't know who they got in return. I haven't spent too much time watching Buffalo, but boy, am I staring at that final score right now. Yeah. To Man, Holy Cross is a really good FCS school. So, like, I don't want... Um... Like they're not they're not Robert Morris, right? I Miami have, beat I no on idea. Saturday. No but idea. like Holy Cross and then Eastern Kentucky, which we'll talk about and we talked a little bit about last week, like those are they're like top twenty five FCS schools. EKU really solid. And a top twenty five FCS school in the bottom part of the Mac, at least the way the Mac exists right now, probably pretty close in quality. Um I'm pretty sure I won money on that EKU game. I'm very sure I did. <laughs> And I just think, first of all, kudos to Holy Cross for like deciding to go the Hail Mary where like a lot of coaches would just kneel it out and take it to overtime because mm-hmm. they're worried about all the bad stuff that could happen. But this is one of the good things that could happen. Yeah. Is you could throw a Hail Mary uh, and then win the damn game. You don't got to go to overtime, uh, especially if you think you might be overmatched. Um, just not a good second half from Buffalo. Um, they. I don't know. It looks like offense, they were fine. Uh, Snyder had a good game at quarterback. 23, 34, 3 and 5 yards, 3 touchdowns. Just they gave up 37 points to Holy Cross. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's not good. That's like a year one thing. That shouldn't, you can't, that shouldn't happen in year two, right? No, it shouldn't. That should not happen. Year one is when this excuse was allowed to fly. Because, like, you know, with the timing of the hire and all that stuff. If this would have happened last year, I'd been like, well, you know, new team, hard to get everything assembled. Ah, it sucks, but it's a learning moment for them. Very disappointing. What's interesting looking back at it is Buffalo had some balance offensively. Snyder, 23-34, 305 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And couple guys in the backfield who did a decently job. It's, it's interesting. Uh, Alex and I have talked about Ron Cook Jr. over the years, and he still hasn't really taken over 
then he's never become the feature back. And we have, I think we've always been like, oh, look at Cook. He's going to be the guy. <clears throat> and he hasn't. But like Keon, Keon Williams, who's EMU guy, fan of the pod, da 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 da, still doing it for Buffalo, still being productive. But there's really nothing about Buffalo that stands out. There's nothing they're really good at. And they're sitting at zero and two. They're going to they're going to go to MAC play. And what is it that anybody thinks they're going to be better? than anybody at do you guys have something that you look at buffalo and you're like they're gonna be better better in the run game they're gonna be better at turning people over they're gonna be better passing do you guys actually think even even after a semi-productive game against a decent fcs school is there anything you think you're gonna be better at than other teams in the Mac? no but they play in the mac east um so they're gonna have a shot in a few games. But like even even with that, like I'm I'm totally with Caleb though. Like who is okay, let's take Talon out of the equation. Who's gonna be the better coach team um in all of these Mac East matchups for Buffalo down the stretch? Are they gonna be a better coach team than Miami? No, you're not gonna take no. Mo over Chuck you know, Chuck Martin. One's got pedigree. What about Tim Alpin? Honestly, right now, no. I'm not gonna I don't think so. No. no. Like he's got way more experience. Uh Sean Lewis is like the best, you know, the best answer for you right now, because I, you know, I don't feel as highly about uh, Lewis's potential as a coach, this, that, and the other, um, mm. trying to get big time. So maybe there's some competition there, but Akron, it, shit, you you just lost that battle already. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking Joe Moorhead even with Akron. Yeah, I agree. I'm, yeah, I mean the point. Shit, the, yeah, okay. Well, maybe, but the point's good. Like, I don't think there's because I think they they played pretty well offensively. Like, I think this offensive performance is about what you might be able to expect against Bowling Green, Akron, that type of thing. Um, maybe a little better, maybe a little bit worse. Um, and it wasn't a bad offensive performance by any stretch, which was encouraging because they were so poor against Maryland the week before. But like, is I don't think it'll be enough. So I'm, I'm with you guys. It's it's dark times. <laughs> it's dark times in so many places. Buffalo don't got it figured out. What are you doing, Mo? Yeah, I, 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 but Caleb, honestly, I have no idea what they're good at. I don't know a single thing that they're good at. Offensive SP Plus right now, they're ranked 99th. By defense, SP Plus, they're ranked 115th. I don't know what they're good at. Well, that's not good. Oh, Caleb, I'm sorry. I, 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 I should have told you. Uh, just cover your ears. Cover yours when I talk about SP plus. I, I don't want to. It hurts. What did you What did you say Buffalo's ranking was? SP plus. Overall one fifteenth, offense ninety nine, defense one fifteen. Uh, do you know which? <laughs> do you know which Mac school uh, by SP plus they rank better than offensively? That okay. would maybe surprise you. Okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. Uh, Kent State. Uh, wrong, uh, but um, I was going for Western Michigan, but then I just realized they're also better than Ohio, apparently. God damn it! Um, so I mean, look the now, just keep now, in mind, now keep, in, keep into account that this it, it also includes F- data from last year. Uh, correct, and they played. You know, they they did play very well offensively against 
uh, an FCS school, right? It is as in people as opponent adjusted, right? So it does take that into mm-hmm. account. Um, so it's just like how good are your plays relative to what you're expected to do. Um, but uh, yeah, they outrank Western Michigan as well as uh, um, Akron. Who do you expect? Against Ball State. Um, yeah, long season. That'll that might change, <laughs> but it's not like 99. It's really good or anything like that. We need to bring back ties. We need to bring back ties. I hate this overtime system. I hate it with a burning fashion. Uh, as I got older and older and thirtier and crustier, I've learned to hate the college overtime that we all kind of loved when we were all in middle school. The starting at the twenty-five and doing the shootout, as cool and unique and gimmicky as it was, sudden death is the way to go. But I'm not here to advocate for that. I'm here to advocate for just not letting us, not forcing us to sit through seven overtime Eastern Kentucky Bowling Green. Because honest to God, that wasn't good. I don't care if the Sickos committee says that this is fun and exciting and it's, oh, my God, seven overtimes, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Everybody should, like, come to, like, a mutual understanding that this does not need to go on. Bring back ties, God damn it. It's non-conference play. Or just make a better fucking overtime system than uh I would I would agree with that. Uh in in FBS FCS games in particular, I would like yeah. to have ties. Sorry to the FCS not, schools. We're it's not so impactful sorry. You guys or anything like that. Definitely yeah. Change um yeah, I think um yeah, in non-conference games, the ties would be fine with me. I'm I'm okay with ties generally speaking. I don't have like a an American hatred of ties or anything like that. Uh but I do I think Despise. you can start out overtime and end in a tie. I want to start out, but I want to say that too. I think sure. you can go to like double overtime, be like, you know what, we're not doing this two point back and back and back and back. Yeah, that, it's just over. If y'all can't win, you can't win. Um, I'm with you. I would prefer just like another eight minute quarter or something like that. And then like, if someone's winning at the end, cool. If someone's not, then it's a tie. Uh, that would just guarantee the game gets over. With I hate the new format with like the two point conversions. The NCAA did it to like make the game shorter and it didn't work because oh. like t- the conversion rate on two point conversions on average is 50%, man. It's a coin flip. So it's like a one in four chance that both teams score. That's like, wor- like there's no way that the odds were worse. 100%, in the old overtime. 100% do not like the new format. I think it's, it's terrible. So dumb. And then they force teams to go for two. I'm fine with doing the 25, maybe just take kicking out of it. Like if you want to speed it up or something like that, like then do just like you're not allowed to kick extra points or field goals in overtime. You play from the 25, same rules as before. Like that, that would be fine with me. Yeah, I I, I could get down with that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the the thing I want to talk most about is the <laughs> the hook and ladder that Eastern Kentucky tried with a lineman. <laughs> Did you see that? No. They threw. The oh I'm I'm a, it. oh my god, dude! I'm gonna drop a link to you guys, and you guys can just go ahead and describe your feelings as you watch this. Oh, I this... saw it. I saw. All right, it. Alex, you are going to describe how you feel. <laughs> but it didn't work. <laughs> the play didn't work, which is funnier. All right, I'm watching it now. <gasps> oh. <laughs> 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 What? They didn't even give him any help. 
So that would have been for the win. Like, Even so, his, I just saw his mom in the stands be like, why did you give my son the ball? What? Bam! What the fuck are you doing in jam? That is the most audacious play I've ever seen. That's to like, awesome! To try to win again. It was amazing. Like, they deserve to win after just freaking trying that. Um, That's horribly designed. That NIU play. Yeah. Did that ever work in practice? Did that ever work in practice? I asked. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is why local journalism is so important, because someone's got to ask them. Dude. Yeah, subscribe to, uh, you know, some guy's Substack out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, this is absolutely be- amazing. I mean, credit to Boyd Green. Like, that safety had a beat on it and made a good play. But, like, you know, it didn't matter. They ended up losing anyway. This um, might, like... I might watch this more than I watched the one guy who housed uh, five pounds of prosciutto at the <laughs> <laughs> at tennis. Oh, Bruschetta. Yeah, it was an amazing play. Um, prosciutto, whatever. I like wish they would have like if Eastern Kentucky was going to win anyway. I wish they would have just won like that. Um, because they took two more overtimes to finally put it away. Um. Actually, I take it back. Yeah, you know what the the two point the overtime format's great if this is what it what it breeds. You should be should be required to attempt at least one lateral in the overtime period. Everybody must change the position like once. Like a, like an offensive lineman has to split out wide in one. <laughs> I love this idea that if you haven't succeeded to the extent you want to succeed after like four or five tries that you just try something that isn't supposed to work. Because that's what EKU did. Yeah. They're like, well, we may have succeeded a couple times, but what if we succeed in a different way? Like, we're, we're very much full on arrested development type bullshit here. What if we did something completely different despite the success we've had previously? There's always money in the banana stand, but different banana stands. <laughs> and that's what EKU did. And it's like, you know, you're at FCS school, fuck it. I wonder if they've ever run that play before. Because like sometimes that's the case where like um, someone who's really paying attention to FCS football is like, yeah, they do this all the time kind of thing. But they did do it last week. I mean, Alex, you were at the game no, last I, week. They didn't the, do it. No, I would never... Oh my god. Never forget. <laughs> no, you, you would have already known you that. You don't was, yeah. you don't trot I, that play out when you've already done it. Yeah, did you hear me? Like I was in utter shock when you showed me this. Like I didn't turn on my journalist voice and be like, well, this shouldn't be a surprise. Oh. You only do it when you've never done it in a game before. You don't as, yeah. a, as a fucking division one college coach, you I, do not, do not run that play if you've ever done it before. <laughs> Ever. It was really well executed too. Like Bowling Green made a good play. I think the only thing they could have no, done. No, it wasn't. Was not... They lost yards. Well, yeah, it but like not. situationally, <laughs> I thought that they executed it well. <laughs> they did everything right. That's one of those plays where like you can do everything right and lose yards if the other team snuffs it out. Like the whole point is to surprise the player. No, the whole point was to score on that play. Well, okay. The 
let me put it this way. The team executed it fine. It was a dumb play call. Like it was, I mean, it's glorious for all the reasons we said, but like they did it to the short side of the field, <laughs> which was dumb. Look, there's um, no, look, I, pe- I've seen people criticizing saying it's to the short side of the field. That's why it's dumb. The players executed it fine. I have no issue with that going to the short side of the field because it happens quicker. Uh, yeah. That, that's where it should happen, honestly. And it like, happens, if, it happens quicker. There's yeah. not as much space for the linemen to have to get through and for more players to fan out to the strong side of the field. It's the short side. You're asking a guy to make a quick to sit, like a quick pitch, catch the ball, quick pitch, go. That's where it should happen. I don't, I don't get this criticism, this criticism of it should have happened to the wide side of the field. Well, cause the, I mean, I know it's a big guy, but like the safety route, the safety's route to the ball is easier uh, because they have the boundary. You're asking players that, to make a quick, immediate play. And if you <clears> want it to happen quickly, where before they can react, right? It's a you numbers put game. it to the short side. It's a numbers game. Like That's why you do the short side, because that's where fewer players are going to be. If the defense is going to have six, six guys on either, either the left or the right side of the ball, it's going to be to the wide side. Especially if, in I've lear- if I've learned anything from coaching football... It's that conventional logic is bullshit and you have to pay attention to where bodies are on the field. Yeah. And you just and have to like thinking it. thinking like this is oh, it's always gonna work this way. And it's it, this is this is how it's gonna work. It's always gonna happen this way. Bullshit. Because people are always trying to counteract what you wanna do. They see what you are trying to accomplish and you're trying to do something that counteracts that. You're it's a fucking mind game. And to do it to the short side of the field basically is being like, look, we have fewer bodies over here. It happens quick. Do it. I commend fucking EKU for just fucking doing it. You're in an overtime game. They're in like, what, sixth overtime when they did that? Fifth overtime when they did that? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, when else are you going to do this shit? God. Like, we either keep this play in our playbook forever or we get rid of it. Now's the time to figure it out. Or we do it against an FBS squad. Like, I'm proud of them for trying, but yeah. I will I will not back down from my long-standing opinion that in goal-to-go or short-yarded situations that you do not cut the field in half. Oh my god! You don't do it. it I, I don't like it. It's easier to defend the you got the end zone behind you, so you're, there's no threat. Like it's easier to come downhill, and I want more space. Now I'm, I know I'm talking about more space for a fucking right tackle. I understand how absurd that sounds. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that. It's not the it's not the right tackle that I'm talking about with having the space. It's the route to the initial receiver because the play doesn't work because everyone's closing on the ball, and when everybody's already closing on the first guy that uh, on the initial pass completion, everybody's closing there. There's like huge margin for error because you have the boundary right there. Yeah, no, he needs to head up field by like three yards to help his lineman out there. Yeah, um, so that's that's my only because it wasn't going to work either way even if they went to the wide side uh the left tackle i think was also eligible oh no the left tackle was not eligible on that play and then but had it been the other way around either 100 the bigger issue is choosing to throw it to your lineman over which side of the field you threw it to 100 yeah sure i mean it's a trick play it's not uh you tried to do this isn't a regular i have no issue with them trying to do some funky shit i have no issue with them throwing it to the short side if anybody wants to find an issue, it's to the fact they threw it to their linemen rather than the kids they chose to come to this fucking college program to make plays and score points. 
that's where you can find your issue. I have no, no issue with them throwing a trick play to the short side of the field, the boundary side. Um, we probably shouldn't bail Scott Loeffler out by dissecting this play. Nobody is. We should probably talk about whether or not he's going to be Bowling Green's head coach next year. Fire, fire Scott. Uh, I think the next that's the that's a conversation for the next AD whenever that happens. Look, oh, if, right. if yeah, they probably Scott can't Frost, even fire him right now. If they fired Scott Frost, they can fire Scott Loeffler. Do they have anybody in place to fire Scott Loeffler? Like, can they do it? I mean, I know they can do it, but like, is there anyone there? I don't know their chain of command. I can't say. Time for the cornerbacks coach to become the head guy. Ugh. Uh, it's it's a bad situation at Bowling Green. You could do a whole pod on that. Yeah. That situation. Bowling Green's got a lot of like things it needs to figure out, like all of its athletics department. Because I feel like, and this is a total sidebar, but like. Man, Bowling Green has a lot of priorities in other sports that it needs to figure out, and it's kind of like done some ill will with like its baseball program in recent years. And I, I don't know for certain, but like I'm sure like uh, it didn't do itself any favors during COVID. I'm probably talking on my ass there. Probably and basketball fell off. Like basketball is falling off. Michael Huger the football is, had you know, had that team. Play. Yeah, basketball <clears throat> had them in a place they hadn't been in a while, and. And it looked like a very good hire. And with the benefit of hindsight, you're like, well, he was good in the short term. And so Bowling Green overall is not in a good spot. And it's got a hockey program to worry about, too. It's the only sport that's actually won a national championship. So that AD next in line is going to have very different priorities as the Bowling Green AD Versus if it were would have been hired at like Kent State or Akron or whatever. So yeah, however, however football gets affected in all this, and however the vision of football gets affected through balancing its other priorities, that's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see. I, I just can't stop watching this play by EKU. I'm so sorry. I, I it's so, so sweet. It's so good, man. Oh, shit, I just pulled up the, the box score for Ohio-Penn State. Moving on, we're not talking about Ohio-Penn State at all. Yeah, the Ohio-Penn State game no. did not feel good. Mm-mm. And um, I don't know. Akron did not field a competitive team against Michigan State. And Toledo did well. Oh, shit, we forgot about we, – we didn't even talk about Eastern yet. God damn it. We did not talk about Eastern. I think the bigger one is NIU Tulsa, right? Yeah, that is. It is. That's right. Is NIU good? They're fine. No, I no, I asked if they're good. I didn't ask if they're fine. I asked if they're good. Lots of no. are fine. No, they're Penn fine. State's fine. No, NIU's not capital G good. They're they're fine. As of right now, they're fine. Ugh. Yeah, they're fine. I agree. They were fine last year. They just got a lot of luck. Being fine's fine. It's fine to be fine as long as at the end you you know you win. They won a MAC title. Who cares? who gives a shit if we think they're good or not? But like they're good. They're good enough, and being fine is good enough in the MAC. Not to beat Tulsa. Look, they were winning at the end of that game. It was like two minutes, 
two minutes left. It's like you get a first down, it's over. And they uh, don't. That tight end dropped, uh, you know, he had a pass right in his hands. Who was it, Gums, right? Gums, yeah. yeah. Um, he had the pass right in his hands, uh, dropped it. I think the broadcast thought that he caught it initially. I uh, thought the game was over, and then they were like, oh, shit, he dropped it. Um, you know, games don't come down to one play, right? There's a lot of stuff that they could have did different. They, I think they tried an onside kick and lost it, or did they get that one? I can't. Maybe I don't even they, know. There, there was I, some crazy shit in that game. Uh, what I know is they they looked like trash in the first half. And yeah. Tulsa a few years ago, a few years ago was a very solid program that aired it aired it out moved the ball on the moved the ball on the ground did a very decent jo- decent job of mixing it up back and forth and i think Tulsa's cut kind of back to that but like NIU mm-hmm. is supposed to be able to to control the ground and they didn't necessarily do that like they did okay yeah. and when they play AAC's teams that's fine you run for like 160 170 yards like that's fine for what you're doing it was more the fact that they just did not execute for a team that played Coastal Carolina to the last possession in their goal yep. game, in their bowl game last year. And if your expectation is that the team should be playing all the way to the final whistle very, very well, then NIU is not doing that. But that's exactly why I'm on the same page as Justin is saying they're fine. Yeah, they'll get in the MAC play. They'll do fine they'll before lose. the season. They'll yes, lose a game or two in the MAC. Right, they will. Yeah, they can still go six and two, and they'll be they'll be okay at the end. But they, the issues that they had last year are still here. Um, like uh, on the defensive side, like they, I think before the season, Thomas Hammock said that they have the same team basically coming back on offense, but they're a touchdown better on defense, and that ain't true. <laughs> like if that sure were true, shit. sure as shit, don't look true. No, if they were a touchdown better on defense than last year, we'd be talking New Year's Six, but we're not because um, they ain't. And, like, again, that's fine. Like, they don't have a good defense outside of Toledo. No one does in the MAC. So it's going to be fine. They can score the shit out of the ball. Uh, and that's what they're going to have to do. And they almost did it. I mean, they had the right play. They called the right play. Ball got put um, in the tight end's hands, or I think he's a tight end. Um, and he just dropped it, and they, they would have won, you know. I don't, I don't see any legit criticism of the call to go for it at midfield in that situation instead of punting because um, your defense was playing terribly. Yeah, and the criticism was more about who you chose to try and put the ball in the hands of Gums rather than what you chose to do. And the hammock era has been characterized largely by going for it in big situations like you're on your own 40 yeah it's fourth it's fourth and two you're gonna you're gonna go for it numbers say let's go for it let's not play conservatively which is it's interesting because hammock is a throwback coach and in attitude but what he chooses to do in those big situations like fourth down and two fourth down and three you're on 40 you're on 45 uh you don't kick field goal or what even on, on the other 30, you don't kick field goals. You don't uh, – con- you concede very little. And that doesn't change because you lost a three-point game to Tulsa. So 
very not really worried about NIE right now. But it's it's more just like sniffing out the bullshit. They're not significantly better than they were last year defensively, even with most of the guys returning that they had. So nobody should be in panic mode. No. But, but nobody should be of the opinion that NIU is like significantly better than a team that played that played Coastal Carolina to the last possession of the bowl game. Don't, 100%, don't, don't, yeah. do not, do, do not delude, do not delude yourself. Are they better than Toledo though? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hold, hold are, on. And then excuse, and excuse me for the <laughs> alcohol hiccups. I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. I think it's actually we, a really we appropriate you, we touch. We hear you sobering up first. You were talking great, saying your jibber-jabber about how it's so good that Toledo held on and beat the shit out of UMass, and now you're like, well, I mean, hold on now. Yeah, I mean, are they better? They they will be better than Toledo when they play Toledo. The other 11 games? No. <laughs> but, like, when they play Toledo, they will be better than Toledo. You can set your clock to that. Uh, fellas, are there any Week 3 games that you're looking forward to uh and after this we're gonna end this by going around and we're gonna end this differently throughout the season we're gonna have like a top three or bottom three each to end on but before we even get to that uh week three are there any games on the uh on the menu that you're like ooh, ooh. oh pit western michigan baby oh yeah you'll be there the the rematch Wait, will you? yeah i'm gonna go i'll be there i don't have the spnu so i have to go um pit is in a okay so pit is an 11 point favorite which shocks me uh because s&p plus would have the game at like 21 and vegas has been pretty much dead on on western i think the like closing line for msu is like 22 and a half they lost by 22 for ball state they were six and a half point favorites they won by seven so if vegas is dead on again with this pit minus 11 this game could be interesting mm-hmm. um pretty pretty excited about that uh but I don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything further because I, I would like them to win, even though I don't think they're going to. Um, Vanderbilt is at NIU. Vanderbilt at NIU. NIU is a one and a half point favorite. I think NIU can win that game. Should win that game. I think they're better than Vandy because I don't think Vandy's any good. Eh. Um, the <laughs> Marshall <laughs> Marshall's at Bully Green. <laughs> oh my god i like i can't think of worse like a worse timing yeah for this bowling green program right now that because like i think this is a game they probably had circled as like it's our measuring stick we're gonna be one and one our defense is gonna be better I think this it still year will be because maybe they can talk themselves into being like well maybe notre dame's overrated this is your right i mean true i mean like this is gonna be your opportunity but like dude i can't think of anything worse than like all right. You know, we took one on the chin against FCS school. Who we got next week? Oh, the team that just beat Notre Dame on the road. Cool. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for them. Mm-mm. But Eastern Michigan is going to be Arizona State, so there's that. Oh, yeah, because everybody's going to stay up to an 11 o'clock kick of Eastern. Oh, yeah, what a great Arizona pick. State on Pac-12 Network. Oh, they're going to do it, not dude. To, they're going to talk they're down. Gonna send Herm. I'm talking down. Chris Creighton is sending Herm. Off into the sunset. And what a place for a sunset. (laughs) 
I'm just picturing college football Twitter. Herm Edwards fired after a loss to Eastern Michigan. <laughs> I mean, historically speaking, that's how you, that's a good way to get your ass fired. Ask Boston. Listening, listening to EMU. Ask Western. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But what's what's Bill Cubit? Yeah, you're asking what he's doing right now. Okay. God. Um, um, wait. Did Bill? Hold on. Before I talk too much trash about Bill Cubit, did he go back to Delaware? Cubit? Yeah, wasn't he at Del- No, he didn't because they just beat Navy last week. But he's not there. He's not there. I am okay. He played at Delaware. Did he ever coach there? This week, let me say, this week I am so not interested in the games that Mac teams play. I'm interested in Western Pitt. I'm semi-interested in Ohio, Iowa State, because Iowa State's capable of playing down to a lower That's true. Foe. That's true. I, I'll, I'll absolutely give that oh, to you. We're familiar with Matt Campbell's work. Yeah, right, right. And then Northern Vanderbilt. The fact that it's at Northern is interesting. And I covered a Northern at Vanderbilt game that was ugly first year of, of Hammock. They didn't have their stuff figured out yet. They still almost found a way to win. They didn't. Whatever. So the only game I'm really interested in is Pitt and Western. And that more comes from Pitt than Western because I, I know that Western, you know, beat Pitt a very short time ago. It's very fresh in our memories. But Pitt, the games year. they've played in, the games year. that Pitt has played in this year have led me to be very excited about how those games can go. Tennessee was a fun game. Uh, Pitt's game against Western backyard brawl was very fun. Western could be the same. I, I know the offense for Western isn't necessarily the same thing. Maybe things get exciting. Maybe Western runs the ball. Well, maybe they throw it around a little bit in the way I'm not expecting. Mm -hmm. Comes out. Galloway comes out. I don't know, but I think that has the potential to be the most fun game that mac people mac centric people are excited about so that's why i'm most interested in that one uh but the other potential ones obviously like i said i ohio iowa state could be like a 17 13 game or uh vanderbilt northern illinois could be like a 20 to 17 game or something like that you know the mac needs a bounce back week two years ago we probably would have looked at this slate and been like Man, I can't wait for Buffalo Coastal Carolina because of the trajectory of this, these two programs. And now I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, no, no, no. No, not at all. Uh, Coastal struggled with Gardner Webb last week, though. Buffalo beat Coastal, or hold on. They Did played them close. It was either it was two close. years ago or last still, year. Still, still not interested. Yeah, me either. And it sucks. I want, I want to, like, be like, all right, I talked myself into Marshall losing to Bowling Green this week. Uh, I, I want to be there, but I'm just not there yet. I just I, – I think it would be the funniest thing if Bowling Green did beat Marshall, though. It would be the funniest thing to happen to Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, top three, bottom three. This is how we're going to end uh, every episode throughout the season. And then uh, after that, who knows? Uh, we can pick. We're either going to do a top three or a bottom three. doesn't really matter. I don't really care. I don't make the rules. I just, well, actually, I do make the rules. Uh, my bottom three, 
number one, overtimes in general. Shit's, shit's stupid. Overtimes in general are just so, so stupid. I've already said my piece about them, but I don't like the way that they've been playing out. Uh, yeah, just, let's just shake hands. Let's just shake hands and be like, you know what? We both tried hard, right? And then we'll wink at the FCS schools, and they're like, no, we were so close to upsetting you. No, 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 we're done. Uh, have the money. Go home. Number two in the bottom three, getting Hail married. Dude, could you imagine getting Hail married? Not like, you know, you root for the team and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Imagine being in the end zone, and you get Hail married on, and you lose. That sucks. And number three, the Mac West should be better, but the Mac West is very disappointing right now, especially with UNIU. Like, people are going to be really disappointed if you lose to the SEC school, which is weird. But uh, that's where we're at, you know. That The Mac West, I'm just... It's usually the better division, and this year, it still is the better division, but it's not as excellent as it, you know, it could be. Justin. Um, I have top three and bottom three. We talked about a lot of these already. I already said uh, my favorite thing on a very personal level. Western looked like crap and won. That was cool. We talked extensively about the EKU hook and ladder. <laughs> uh, that was my number two thing. And my third thing, um, we didn't talk about Akron because they got absolutely pounded. But there was a time in that first quarter where they were averaging nine yards per play. They just kept fumbling. <laughs> um, so they actually their initial game plan, they moved the ball pretty well against MSU, which I think was pretty encouraging. Um, and defensively, I think they picked off Peyton Thorne. Um, so, you know, a pretty decent 52 to nothing bludgeoning, I guess, if you could look at it that way. But I was trying to find something good to say about Akron, and they were – I just remember looking at the score. They were down 21 nothing, but they were actually, like, outgaining MSU, which I thought was funny. Was the bottom thing – what's that? It was very brave of you to try. Yeah, I, I tried to get there. Um, we talked about – on the bottom three, we talked about BG and UB losing. Uh, we talked a bit, little bit about NIU not putting a game away when that's, like, kind of their thing. Um, not super concerning, but kind of like a, a bit, pretty big bummer because I think the Mac really needed – you know, they needed a dub in that situation yesterday. Um, and then the third thing is just kind of a general thing. Like, I hate Kent State's annual September Hell Tour that they do. Um, so bad every year where they just like go head all across the country and to get their asses kicked looking yeah, for like money. we like to looking only team. for money and that's it they want that money and i just think it's not good i get in the short term they need the cash so like i understand that it's kind of an impossible situation I, I think kent state would rather not be doing it i just think like i'm a big fan of trying to build some local fan bases right get yourself some home games right play some fcs schools win some games um Cheat better you know, and get better money that way. You don't have to sell out to getting your ass yeah, handed. Find some G5 schools that want to come play you, schedule some home and homes. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. I just, I don't like it. It's just every year. I know the articles get written about it every five years about like, look at how they're making the finances meet and stuff like that. And I just think you're kicking the can down the road. Like either you're going to be a long-term FBS school or not, but I think you got to win some games, put yourself in better situations, get into bowl games, boost your brand. If that's how you want to do it. I just generally speaking, I just play a tough, everybody plays tough games on occasion. Right. But Kent state just loads up with the big games. And I, I just hate it. Yeah. They don't allow themselves like any opportunity to like make a bowl game that way. No, like, you're just putting yourself behind 
so early and not allowing people to think that you're good right and on you know and it could backfire because i mean let's say they had fielded a team this year or last year that was really 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 good you think about um like westerns run to the cotton bowl right if wisconsin had been on that schedule week one instead of the cotton bowl and instead of northwestern western michigan's not playing in the cotton bowl they're gonna because they lose (laughs) so like don't go schedule those games if you can avoid it man Caleb, your list. So the first two are particularly clear to me, and the last one I'm not so sure about, but I'll go with it anyway. Uh, Central's inability to score on South Alabama is the one that's my bottom three look. Uh, Central went into the half trailing 31-10. to 10. Uh, Not what you want, obviously. And Daniel Richardson's inability to play with consistency is worrisome for a team that I did think that's going to win the West and still could win the West. And if you were looking at week one, you're like, okay, Toledo's got shit figured out, but they played UMass. So whatever, you know, Um, you know, losing by 14 points, whatever, you're not going to gauge your whole season on how they played against South Alabama. You're just not. So not particularly worried about central, but just, it just wasn't a good look. Uh, After that Bowling Green's defense was supposed to be its calling card this year. And to just consistently give up big plays, points, getting gashed. Where are you, Darren Anders? Where are you, rest of you Falcons? Supposedly with tens of thousands in the stand, sure didn't look like that. And gives up 24 points in the second quarter alone. No, like Bowling Green in year, is this the fourth year of Scott Loeffler? You said what year? This is. Is uh, this your four under Loeffler? Four, 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 four. Yeah, it's four. You're giving up 24 points to an FCS team, regardless of how good they are, and compared to the FCS, you're giving up 24 points in the quarter to an FCS team. That's that's a bottom three look for Bowling Green to do that. And, you know, <laughs> you gotta feel bad about that. Uh, Central should feel bad. Bowling Green should feel bad. Otherwise, I didn't actually want to go this way, but I will with Eastern Michigan. You went up. You went up two scores on Louisiana, and they're in a transition year. If it was Billy Napier and they had their stuff, and you know, they were still trying to figure out what their identity was, maybe they still are. Maybe, maybe they are. I don't know. Eastern seemed to have its stuff kind of figured out after a win over Eastern or after, after, after Eastern Kentucky, and – it's not that Eastern should be dominant, but to just kind of whittle away, they went like a, they gave up a, what was it, like a 42 to seven run against Dude, Louisiana. Yeah, it, was, Even, it was seven straight touchdowns, seven yeah. straight. It's, seven it's straight. that, it's that aspect of it that mm-hmm. is particularly irksome and worrisome for Eastern. Mm-hmm. Not so much that they lost, not even that they lost by four scores. It's that they gave up so many consecutive scores without a response that is worrisome for what Eastern is trying to do this year. Yeah. So at some point, it's those those three, like watching that in real time, like, you know, like where the game really was won and lost. Like once it got to like that 35, 21 breakaway, like that's kind of like where the game was. And after that, it was just like, all right, this is, it's all bullshit until we went home. That's all. That's the only way to like, look at that. The real game was played 
once they got up two scores, Louisiana. Um, that that game just sucked really bad, man. I I think I don't know, man. I talked about it in my other podcast, Why I Love an Audio. You should, you should subscribe today or tomorrow. Uh, but it just seemed like Eastern just lost confidence. Like in last week's game, the EKU game, they gained confidence by like getting the hell out of you know it's rut of like two straight three and outs by, Oh, we finally have good field position. Now let's score a touchdown. You know, Louisiana did the same thing. They had two drives start at the 27 and at the 32 yard lines. Like, yeah, of course they were going to score. And then by the time they got to the third drive, it's like, okay, now we should make the stop, but they didn't. And then that's when the tide just kind of turned. Like they, I'm not going to be momentum guy here, but like, that's kind of where it shifted. It just shifted towards the home team. And it was just, like you said, it just wasn't a good, wasn't a good second half. Just really, really bad. Very bad. And boom goes the dynamite. 